Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. An incredible way to start out our Easter Sunday morning together. I'm so glad that each and every one of you are with us, and I'm excited about this message that I want to share with you today. Put a lot of thought and preparation and prayer into this, and I feel very strongly that I have a word from God straight to you. This is a historic Easter. There's not a single person on the planet alive that has experienced an Easter like this, where churches are not allowed to come together and worship by the hundreds and by the thousands like we normally would do on an Easter. This is the first time we've been cloistered in our own homes and forced to use technology, not by choice, but by requirement to be able to unify together to worship God and to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the beautiful thing is that we do have this opportunity and it actually reminds me of the specific situation that we are in as God's people where we long to be with him in heaven, but we're separated right now, not truly separated because he's with us and lives in us, but we're not where we want to be with him. And one day we will be one day soon. I want to take a moment and I want to read to you from the story of the resurrection, one of the accounts found in the book of Matthew, and we're going to start this message today. We have been in a series on the Holy Spirit, understanding the Holy Spirit, and that message ties in to the revelation of the resurrection today. Take a look at this verse. This is in Matthew chapter 28, and if you have your Bible, you can turn there. Uh, kids, this is a great time. Get your crayons, get your notes out. I've got some special stuff for you today, and then we also have some very special things coming to you right after this service that you'll be able to do as a family for kid activities as well. You'll hear more about that later. But make sure you take good notes and make sure that you are inspired today and you connect with this message. In Matthew 28, it starts this way. It says, after the Sabbath... At dawn on the very first day of the week, that's Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for the angel of the Lord came and came down from heaven and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid Yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the disciples, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said, and they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This experience that we see with Jesus, fulfilling all of the prophecies of the coming Messiah, 
but also fulfilling his own words, describing what he would do, that he would die for the sins of mankind. He would be in the grave for three days and three nights, and then he would raise again and be resurrected to life, defeating the enemy, the devil, defeating death, defeating hell, defeating the grave, and he would win for us for eternity, victory through faith in his name. Last week, we talked about wielding the power of the name of Jesus that we receive from him and through the infilling of his Holy Spirit. I want to read you a couple of scriptures that describe this power, but what we see with Jesus is a process that he had to walk through. Look at these scriptures about the type of power that you now have access to because of what Jesus went through. Romans 8, 11 says, and if the spirit of him, Jesus, or God, who raised him, Jesus, from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Now look at this explanation. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we Ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This verse is so incredible. It goes on to say in Ephesians 1, 19, and this incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. These verses describe that the exact same type not just type, but the exact same actual power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work inside of your life already. The same power that has the ability to do immeasurably, abundantly above anything you could ever ask, think, or imagine is already at work inside of you. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ is accessible to you. That's an amazing truth, but there's a process that has to happen in your life because power always comes through a process. The power to perform, if you're an athlete, if you uh, work out at all in any level, the more you go through the process of training, the more powerful you get. If you're a soccer player or a basketball player, the more you go through the process of practice, the more powerfully you can perform on the court or the field. Power comes through a process. It happens in everything. I was praying this week, and the Lord gave me an illustration for all of you kids that are sitting there. A lot of you have a favorite superhero. Uh, maybe you just can tell that superhero to your family right now. Maybe it's Superman or Superwoman or Wonder Woman or the Hulk or whoever. Just say that name out. For me, it was Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. He was my favorite. I don't know why. It's just the one that I connected to as a kid. And as I was thinking about it this week, Peter Parker was just a regular kid. He was a regular teenager, scrawny and nerdy and, and, and awkward. But he was on a field trip one day, and he was bitten by a radioactive spider, a spider that had power inside of it. And that power was released into Peter, and it began a process inside of his body, and it added a superhuman or a supernatural ability to Peter's body. 
all of a sudden, he was stronger, he was tougher, he was denser, he was able to jump higher and run faster and climb better and do all these different things. But as I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking about how some of the kids might connect to this message, the Lord illustrated to me that Peter received a supernatural ability to do better what he already had the ability to do. Peter could already run. He could already jump. He could already climb. He could already kick. He could already punch. He could do all kinds of things, but he went through a process that gave a superhuman addition to his natural abilities. And it's similar when you go through the process of the Holy Spirit coming into your life, the Holy Spirit will bring now a supernatural opportunity that God can now collide with your natural abilities and move you to a level where you can perform at a higher degree. I think back to when I was in my 20s and, and, and I had my heart set on this specific car, but I couldn't afford it. It was a German car and it had this incredible engine and performance and, and, and I really wanted this car, but I, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't afford it. I wasn't there yet. We, we all of us adults have been in that place. And so I was forced to choose a car that was similar to it, but it wasn't it. It was a Japanese car and there are many Japanese cars that I like, but there's a big difference between a Japanese car and a German car and their way that they perform on many levels. But this car that I picked, it was just a different class of a car, honestly, and, and I was okay with it, but I really longed for the performance of the other car. Well, what I found out is that this car actually came uh, with the ability to have a super chip added to it, and so this car, by taking and adding, and it was an expensive process, but by going through the process, they could plug in a chip and the car was already designed to operate at a level that was significantly above what it could operate at that time currently. And until it went through the process of having the super chip added to it, it couldn't do the things that it was actually designed in advance to do. It was pre-wired, pre-configured, pre-engineered to have a super chip added to it that would give it the ability to literally more than double its horsepower, its torque, its output. Again, very similar to how God designed you, pre-wired you, pre-engineered you, predestined you for the day that the Holy Spirit would be released from heaven through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to come and engage your life and turn on a super chip inside of you that all of a sudden now, you're not limited to only your natural abilities. You've got God's super added to your natural. I want to read you a couple of verses here as we look at this. Because last week we talked about wielding the name of Jesus and the power that is inside of that name. And if you've missed any of these messages, you can go back and watch them on the archive, either on oakschurch.com under the media button, or you can watch them on Facebook, uh, on the, the, the back things at Oaks Church, Texas. We would love for you to reconnect with us in that way. But this, this statement the Lord gave me for this week, I thought was very interesting. He said to me, you can't wield if you don't yield. There's a yielding to the Holy Spirit that has to happen 
in order for each of us to engage the process that we must go through to be filled with and walk in the power and the ability that God wants us to walk in and have. I'm going to take you back a little bit in the story because I just read you the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but that's kind of the finish and the end of the story here at Easter. I want to take you back a couple of days in the story to where Jesus was in a position in the Garden of Gethsemane that he had to yield to the Holy Spirit and yield to his Father. Let's look at this passage. There's two verses I'll read here. From Matthew chapter 26, the first one, it says, Going a little farther, he fell down on his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you, could you men watch with me for one hour, he asked. Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. And he went away a second time and he prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken unless, away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Jesus in this passage, the cup illustrates what he's about to have to suffer and go through to make his way to the cross and then to the grave. Many of you know the story. Maybe you've seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, by uh, Mel Gibson. Maybe you've read the stories in the scriptures, but the demonstration and what Jesus went through, the agony of what he went through is excruciating. The Bible says that he was beaten beyond recognition. They couldn't even tell that he was human. He was so disfigured by the beatings. His back was ripped off completely. All the skin, his beard was ripped out. He went through the most unimaginable suffering for one reason, love. He loved his father and he loved you and he endured all of that for you because he was the prophesied sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Jesus did that for you so that your sins would be paid for, so that you could be forgiven once and for all. When Jesus died 2,000 years ago, he paid the price for your sins 2,000 years later and beyond. Jesus actually already paid the price for the sins you haven't even sinned yet. The stuff you haven't even thought up yet. He already, as a part of who God is, was able to see because he created your future and he knows what you're going to go through. This coronavirus is not something that shocked God. It didn't surprise God. God knew exactly what was going to happen in the earth. And he put inside of you, he put inside of me, he put inside of all of us what we needed to make it through this crisis, this tragedy, and we are going to make it through. He put it in us. He put victory inside of you. When he rose from the dead, he bought your victory. You already have it. You're already victorious. You already have access to everything Jesus purchased for you. Watch this, though. As the story goes on, many of you have heard about Judas, Jesus' friend and disciple that betrayed him. Judas shows up in the garden in verse 50. And Jesus replies, do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of the 
of Jesus' companions reached for his sword and drew it out and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? That's thousands upon thousands of angels at Jesus' disposal. Then Jesus said, but how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen just this way? Jesus had the access to the power that he needed to stop this whole situation. He could have stopped the arrest. He could have stopped the crucifixion. He could have done any and all of that by the power of God inside of his life and by the access to thousands and thousands of angels. But he didn't. He yielded. He took the cup of suffering. He, he took the cross that he had to endure. And he did that because of his love for you. My big question to you today is simply this. Where are you unyielded in your life? Are there any areas in your life where you need to yield to what God wants instead of focusing so much on what you want? Is there any area in your life where maybe God is trying to speak to you even right now in this moment saying, hey, let that go. Trust me. Walk through this. Don't try to rescue yourself. Don't try to force your way out of this. God has something greater for you. There's power for you, but it comes through a process. And you can't wield his power if you don't yield to his Holy Spirit. I had another thought this week as I was working through this message. And in that thought, it was simply this, that if we want to have access to all that God has for us, we have to give God access to every part of our lives. Is there a part of your life that you haven't given access? Can I tell you there were times in my life that I was like that? I'm like, God, you can have this part of me and that part of me, but you can't have this part. Uh, this is for me. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm really all about. Is there a place in your life that you're more about you than you are about God? Could it be that God is bringing you here? He brought you to this place today to, be, to come face to face with yourself to answer that question. Do I have a place in my life where I'm unyielded, where I'm not giving God access because I can't have access full access to God if I don't give God full access to me. As I was looking through this again, the thought came to me that there was no resurrection of Jesus Christ without the personal death of Jesus Christ. There are moments in our life where we have to die to certain things. If we want the resurrection power of God in our lives, we've got to be willing to die to different things in our life. I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm talking about being willing to, as Jesus said, deny ourselves and pick up our cross. Follow him. Watch this passage. This passage is in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me 
will find it. See, it's possible that you could be holding on to something in your life right now. And you're holding on so tight to it, trying not to lose it. And it's actually that motion of gripping that thing so tight that will cost you to lose it inevitably. We've got to be willing to let things go and release things to God so that in releasing and loosing something, we can then in turn gain everything that God has for us. Jesus literally said, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself. He's talking about the ability to tell yourself no. Oh man, nobody likes to hear the word no. We like the word yes. Yes feels good. Yes makes us happy. Would you like some ice cream? Yes. Would you like a second portion? Yes. Would you like to go to this movie? Yes. We want to say yes to all these things. But the truth of the matter is sometimes the best things in life come to us by our own ability to say no. See, I, I met my beautiful wife, Jennifer, just a couple few months after I began to say no to dating anybody else. I went into a period of my own life where as a young teenage boy, as a, or an older teenager, 18, 19, for me to come into a place of saying, you know what? I want to please God so much that I'm going to say no to my desire to go out with cute girls right now. I'm going to say no to my desire to, to pursue the things that I want in my life, and I'm going to pursue God. And it was in the middle of that season of no that I met the greatest yes of my life. Is it possible that there's something that God wants you to say no to so he can give you a better yes? In the same thing, in the same time, Jesus said to deny yourself, say no to yourself, and then take up your cross. The cross was an instrument of suffering and death. See, Jesus didn't promise that if you gave your life to him, everything would be roses and cotton candy and wonderful all the time. Jesus actually said that in this life, you will have suffering, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The cross to you represents what you have to go through, the tough things in life, the moments of suffering in life, the hard times in life that you've got to grit down deep and serve God anyway and get up every day and say, I don't know how this is going to work, but I know God is God and I'm going to keep following him. I'm not going to let go of him. I'm going to walk through this no matter what, and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to take up my cross and endure whatever I have to endure in this season of my life to please my God and my father. So Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross, your suffering, whatever you have to walk through the hard thing in life in the season you're in, and then follow me, obey me and you can be my disciple. Jesus is calling you deeper. God is calling you to a new level. He wants to release new power in your life, and it's going to come through a process. I remember a time in my life, and this is my last story. We'll close in just a second, and I'm going to pray for you, so hold on tight. But it was a time in my life where I was in my first career, and I was doing very well. I was literally living all of my dreams. Everything in my life, I was living all of my dreams. And I began to hear a call inside of my life. 
inside of my heart that God wanted me to begin to say no to myself, no to my career, no to my competition career. And I literally had to come to a place of dying to everything I thought I always wanted. And it was an excruciating time. It was a scary time. I, I was literally walking away from my career, walking away from the business that I had begun building when I was in high school. I'd been building this business for years. And the Lord brought me to a place where I realized unless I say no to me, I can't have his greater yes. And when I finally mustered up the courage to walk away, and to step into a brand new role of doing what I'm doing now. But I started almost on a volunteer level and an intern type level. I went from the top of one field to the very bottom of another. And it was, an, it was a, a wild time. It was a humbling time. But in the middle of that no season, God gave me a yes that turned out to be the greatest cause and purpose and destiny of my life. And I promise He's got that for you too. Your process will be different than mine because we all have our own process that God walks us through. But each of us have to be willing to say no to certain things, certain desires, so that we can have God's greater yes in our lives. I would ask you just to take a moment and close your eyes and, and just to yourself, ask God, show me what I need to yield. Show me what I need to give up. Show me what I need to say no to. I believe something's going to jump inside of you. You're going to see an image inside of your head of something the Lord wants you to say no to. Something he wants you to lay down. And in that no, he's going to open up a brand new yes for you. Can I pray for you right now? Father, right now, I thank you for every single person that's watching or listening right here on Easter Sunday or also days and weeks and months from now because your word is alive, it's living, it's not limited to time or space. And this word that you're releasing right now, God, is just as real, just as alive years down the road as it is right now in this moment. Father, as these children of yours say no to themselves and say yes to you, God, would you awaken dreams inside of them? Would you awaken destiny and purpose inside of them? Father, give them your greater yes today. Let your resurrection power begin to manifest in their lives and draw them into the greatest season of their lives. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.